Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play podcast. Joining me, as always, from Florida, not getting hit by this hurricane, Leo, how's it going? Uh, Well, I'm very grateful that I'm not getting hit by this hurricane. Uh, My job would require me to do some emergency stuff if that hurricane came my way, which means more work. And I don't want more work, so I'm happy, I'm cool, I'm safe. No work, no work. That's what we like. Never again. Never again. Never again. Today we're going to be doing something different. We're going to be breaking down the NFL. This is the first of many NFL pods. Uh, This is more of my wheelhouse. Um, I, uh, for full disclosure, in case you haven't been following, uh, Leo is a Titans fan. I am a Ravens fan. Uh, We we have history from last year's playoff and before going all the way back uh, to being division in the same division. So there is history there. Uh, we will try to keep our bias to a minimum, but when it comes out, we're probably going to just keep riding it. Uh, I believe hype trains should be ridden. I believe sports are for the emotional. Um, so let's go ahead, and today we're going to be breaking down fantasy football tips and tricks uh, that um, it, me personally, I, I've done a couple mock drafts and I'm going to follow. So we're going to take today's format kind of position by position players. We think that are going to overlive their va- uh, underperform, overperform. Uh, we're going to go quickly through and just give some high level updates on, on what you can do when you go into your draft. So, Hey, before we get into this, I need your opinion. Yep. Earl Thomas, you have the floor. Oh yeah. Uh, Derek Henry had the floor. Um, so I'm glad I get to join in on those. So, so this is what it boils down to with Earl, Earl Thomas. Are the players a better team without him? No. Um, could the, could the team be more cohesive without him? Yes. Uh, it doesn't seem like Earl was always in meetings, paying attention. Um, he was late. He got in altercations with two of, uh, two well-respected Ravens and the senior council themselves wanted him out. Uh, the Ravens have a senior council of players that basically control the locker room, control the feelings in the locker room, uh, and they collectively came out and said, no mas. So uh, will the team be better without Earl? I would say probably not. That's going to be tough to, to overcome. Earl is statistically one of the best safeties in the game when it comes to pass coverage. He's a he's an athletic freak, and his knowledge lends itself uh, to great on-field decisions. So the Ravens are a worse team. Uh, a, the Ravens are less talented losing Earl Thomas. I do not believe it makes them a worse team, though. I believe that the win-loss total remains the same. Um, we saw Earl in specific moments uh, last uh, last year, especially that Titans game where um, he felt, you know, there were moments he fell short of what he did, he promised. Where he couldn't tackle. Right. And, and so we are going to go younger. Uh, we are not going to get more athletic, but we may get more disciplined. And, and that may result in no net loss. But like I said, you, you are less talented. Okay, so you're not thinking that it has a huge impact on the season then? No. No, no, no. He's okay. not one of our top ten players. All right. That, that's just what I wanted to know. I saw Earl Thomas got cut, and I've been meaning to ask you yeah. about it, but I figured I'd save it for the pod. I normally believe that you, you've got 22, you've got 20, I think like 29 starters, considering long snappers, punters, kickers, and then your holders. So 
you kind of rank in my head i rank everyone and go all right so you know if you lose a top 10 person it's going to be really tough to fill uh you lose one of your back end of that list or you know earl for me comes in at around 13 14 i go okay you know i'd be more worried about losing peters humphrey lamar um marquise mark andrews uh ronnie stanley uh orlando brown jr uh any of our pass rush calais campbell like you know for me i I go okay there are a lot more people that are more important than earl so you lose talent yes but does your team downgrade that's to be determined so that's my take okay i like it all right let's get into this fantasy okay so i'm gonna save my my best for last i'm gonna tell you my strategy every year i never draft the defense i never draft the defense and what i mean is at the end of the draft, when people spend that last pick on defense, I do not. I take another player, and then I wait up until that first week, and I let all the chips settle, and then I pick the best defense off the waiver wire. I'm a waiver wire defensive person. Defenses take injuries week to week. They downgrade in terms of what they produce. Their level of talent doesn't match up against the other teams they play. There's no home field advantage. Um, there's going to be less fans there's less home field advantage i really tell you this draft players all the way through unless you can get one of the top two defenses towards the end and then spend a little more time getting training camp notes getting injury notes and then cut your worst player and pick up your defense uh you can get great week to week matchups at the end of last year i was just following the redskins around pitting them against whoever they play (laughs) And played Washington, that's the defense you needed. That's the defense I wanted because they were only going to run the ball and they weren't going to throw the ball well and, and they were going to give up points and they were most likely going to give up a couple turnovers. Um, so when Do you I feel w- the same way about kicker? Uh, so kicker is a little different. Kicker I will take. I will go after a, a, a kicker because – um, it, so how many times do you lose a week and you go, fuck, three points? And the problem is everyone's mind immediately goes to, oh, which one of my wide receivers on my bench could have done better, right? Isn't that what everyone goes to? Which one of my running backs? Yeah, that's backs? what I would, I would look okay. at my bench and see where I messed up. I'm going to tell you, your problem was probably your kicker. If you lose by two or three points, you probably needed a better kicker. And that doesn't mean you need a better NFL kicker. You needed someone who was going to get more opportunities to score points. Two or three points lose by, your kicker gets three on a field goal. You just needed one more field goal. That's how I view it. You just needed one more field goal. So it wasn't right, that... I, I normally like taking a, a kicker at some point in the draft, but I'm looking for a kicker who's playing on a team with a bad defense and a great offense. I really like like Zane Gonzalez on Arizona. That's a great, they're not going to stop great anyone, one. and they're going to score points. I, I love Zane Gonzalez. That's that's what you're looking for. Your kicker is more important. Those one to two week, the one to two win losses. You, you know, you 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 turn around and you you beat yourself up because oh I played the wrong wide receiver. No, you didn't. There was variance in the NFL, but your kicker is where you make up those little bitty points. Same with your defense. You can plug and play a good defense. And and that's, you know, that is your extra points. Don't look at, oh, I played the wrong running back. Now, sometimes you can, but the overall theme is look for where you could have gotten those points. You have one kicker. You don't have one on the bench. Most people set that and forget that. Your kicker is replaceable. Your defense is replaceable. 
hopefully you're not in a league that limits the amount of transactions you can make or they limit you to like 40 or 50. You should be able to freely pick people up and go. It's speculation. Teams can do it. You should be able to do it. There's a waiver wire to protect that. So I, I believe that when you're looking at um, how, how do I get those two, three points that I'm losing, you need to look at... Uh, you need to look at your kickers and your defenses, not further. So that's my kind. That's my strategy um, when it comes to drafting those positions. And and again, like someone like Matt, uh, uh, Justin Tucker on the Ravens, best kicker in football. The problem is if they're scoring touchdowns, motherfucker's only kicking one point. <laughs> one right, point exactly. and and then, oh he had seven points today oh one field goal four extra points that sucks you need someone better than that and again just just to kind of walk through you can find good defenses anywhere towards the end um that that'll play and keep scores in the range that you need uh you want you want to pick against offenses that are going to turn the ball over get touchdowns they're available there's 32 teams no one's holding a defense on their bench and you don't know what trades people make in the middle of the year that that tighten them up so i don't waste a spot on it i actually just draft all the way through um, unless there is a top tier defense available in the last round and then i push it along kickers i kind of do the same thing again i'm looking for good matchups give me shootouts give me good defensive uh red zone defenses they result in a lot of field goals that's what I need. So let's slide over to how I look at each position. This year, I think the most valuable position is tight end. Uh, and tight end. Is okay. tight end. And the reason I say that is there is such a cliff when it comes to tight ends and how many points they give you. Travis Kelsey last year in standard scoring scored 157 fantasy points mark andrews had 143 kittle 137 waller behind him then Ertz, cook and then it starts to drop hooper is 116 henry has 95 so that's almost 60 points difference between your eighth ranked guy and your top guy you you will quickly and dramatically start to see fall-offs and the problem is when you put up your roster every week and you're immediately knowing you're going to get eight less on your tight end or more, you start to lose that middle ground. Um, there are some tight ends, I believe, that could break out this year. Um, I think Jack Doyle in Indianapolis could do, could come back a little bit with uh, uh, Phillip Rivers being in there. Phillip Rivers does like the tight end. I like Doyle this year. Uh, Noah Fant in Denver I really like as someone who could have a break breakout year. He only had 71 fantasy points last year, so you're asking him to double it to get into that top category. Uh, but when I look at it, I go, look, if I have a shot at Kelsey Andrews Kittle, um, and I, I think Waller's in for a down season because of the weapons brought into Oakland. Uh, just for perspective, Oakland has brought in four pass specialists at running back, which may take away from Josh Jacobs. But I think it's really that Josh Jacobs is going to be an every down back. And when they sub him out, it's going to be pass packages only. So you... you... All right, so where do you rank the, the two top tight ends, Kittle and Kelsey? Because I feel like those are the only ones worth consideration in the first two rounds. Where where do you rank them 
in terms of, uh, in comparison rather to maybe a, a Tyreek Hill or a DeAndre Hopkins or someone else that's in that same range of the second round? I'm taking the tight end. There just aren't as many. I, I, I believe wide receiver is by far the deepest fantasy position. And I'm really going to be banking, and we get to that, on one and two year wide receivers. They come cheap, and you can get them already established. So, uh, for the second year guys. But when I look at tight ends, I go, look, give me Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, um, Ertz, I'm a little, uh, Ertz is on the downswing. Uh, Austin Hooper is going to go to Cleveland where there's a ton of people to catch passes. Um, I just really, really, really think that there are only going to be five good, six good tight ends by the end of the year that are worth having and, and are going to get you plus fantasy points, plus 12 every week, 10 to 12 every week they play. They're few and far between. You need to have one because everyone else is going to be playing someone. You could be playing a tight end who gets you three. Your tight end getting you 14, that's that's 11 more. That's basically a touchdown and 50 reception yards. There, It's easier to find a wide receiver that can make up that touchdown and that reception yardage than it is a, a tight end. Um, there are some tight ends you can get late that I believe will will really help you. Uh, I think Hayden Hurst has a really good chance to be a top pass catcher. Um, no, yes, I was just going to say I like Hayden Hurst in, in the late, maybe mid to late rounds. Yeah, I don't think people too many people have their eyes on him, but in that Atlanta offense, they love the tight end. They love it. Noah Fant um, is another player that I believe Denver is going to have a lot of passes to go around. Noah Fant had some good movement last year. I think Drew Locke takes the next step. So there are some players you can put that chip on. There's players like Hunter Henry, but they're hurt a lot. Hunter Henry plays 12 games last year, and it was, I believe, coming off an ACL injury and then another le- lower leg injury. So you just your tight ends get banged up because they block and they catch. You need one that's durable, that plays the whole year, uh, and who's going to get you points. Kelsey played the whole year. Mark Andrews played 15 games. Kittle played 14. Darren Waller played 16. Zach Ertz played 15. You need these guys that are consistent, going to be in there over and over again. And again, so how do you feel about a guy like Tyler Higby, who didn't really show much until the end of the year when the Rams change up their system and they go to more tight end heavy? Do you trust him going into this year, or not really? Is he stay away from me because I don't really trust it. I don't I really. Like they changed their system out of necessity. They did, and I don't know what they've done in the off season. They could run that back out there, and that's the problem. So many of these tight ends. Who saw Darren Waller being? Uh, a, a 131 fantasy points and the top pass catcher on the Raiders. No, you know, not me. They, I mean, in most of my leagues, he was available on the waiver wire, you know, week one. And remember, they had A.B. to start the year, so he wasn't even in the focus. He became part of the focus. You have Dar- Jared Cook in New Orleans. I think that's in or out, d- depending on what week, really. Um, I, I just have uh, Hunter Henry. He gets a new quarterback. There's a Tyrod Taylor in there and a rookie. I don't know how. I, just, I can't trust Hunter Henry. I feel right. like every year it's a different injury with him. You're on, there are only going to be. I, I mean, after the 10th tight end from last year, the 10th tight end last year is Dallas Goddard. So they had two tight ends on their list. They're wide, they didn't have a wide receiver, I believe, with over 400 passing yards. That's going to change. So you, and the 10th guy on this list, is, like I said, is Dallas Goddard, who got 86 fantasy points. He, he, he basically got you five points a game. 
that's not going to cut it. That's standard scoring. That's non-PPR. If you go to PPR, um, obviously the, the points go up even more. Dallas Goddard becomes the 10th ranked, uh, 10th ranked tight end just above Jason Witten. Like, <laughs> they're not getting you 10 points a game in, in, in standard leagues. In PPR leagues, they're going to get you more. Uh, but even then, PPR means he's basically catching four passes for 50 yards. That's what the, that's what the tenth tight end is going to get you from last year. That's nothing. Travis Kelsey's getting got in, in PPR at two hundred and fifty four points, fifteen point nine a game, double. It's just so many. There's so, such a huge gap between the top people and the bottom. To give you an example on on comparison, Michael Thomas who led everyone in passing last year, broke a ton of records, and was more of an anomaly than anything else, averaged 23.4 points a game. The the 10th uh, the 10th ranked wide receiver, Amari Cooper, 15 and a half is eight difference. They're not doubling your output. It's an eight-point swing. Uh, and, and if you used Godwin as your t- as as your number two, Godwin had four points less than Michael Thomas on average. So your, your discrepancy, really, when you get in your wide receivers, starts to all bunch up. And you have tons of availability and opportunity all the way down into the 30 and 40th ranked wide receivers. Compared to if you go 20 deep on tight end, if I go down to the 30th ranked tight end, he is averaging six flat a game. Vance McDonald from last year. It's just the yeah, I, six. I think Get it out of here. With tight end, is it's just a little tricky for me because if I miss out on Kelsey and Kittle, I don't know how comfortable I am using a, a third or a fourth round pick on Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz. You know, I almost feel like if I miss on Kelsey and Kittle, now I'm just going to wait until the the 10th round and I'm just going to take a flyer on a young tight end, maybe a John New Smith or, you know, someone who's going to get yep. a new opportunity like Hayden Hurst. You can do that. I'm making sure I get one of the big tight ends because I, I'm not willing to put up a two spot or a three spot while I'm trying to figure out my tight ends in the beginning of the year. Uh, and that's yeah. my big problem. You go with one of those young guys and they don't quite have the system down because the offseason was a little wonky. And now what? They can't, you know, they're just in there for pass block or they bring in a veteran to pass block. You know, Eric Ebron's someone that I'm interested in in Pittsburgh, but he doesn't pass block well. So I'm very interested. I think he'll get a lot of red zone looks. But if they need him in there to pass block and he can't pass block, which is part of his problem, you start to run into, well, team's key on it. And that takes away his potency. So uh, tight ends are interesting. I'm making sure I get one of the top ones, and that's my strategy for this year. Uh, okay. Let's flip over to running backs. Uh, this is an interesting class for me. Um, if you can get your hands on Christian McCaffrey, you need to do that at all costs. Uh, I feel like regardless, you have to get a running back in the first round. You, you, at least in the way the leagues that I play go, that that first the first two rounds is just like running back, running back, running back, running back, running back, running back, receiver, receiver, yep. running back, running back, running back. You know what I mean? And if you don't get one early, I hate being in that position where it's it's week four and you realize that your RB two is absolute garbage. Nobody wants to give one up, yep. and now you're kind of just on the waiver wire hoping that you can find a gem. Yeah. So my thing is, I'm going to be going tight end. 
early, and then I'm going to flip over into running back. Uh, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of running backs. There's also a lot of running back depth. Um, there's a lot of uh, second string players or, or players that were drafted this year that I believe could stand out. Um, like and, a Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. J.K. Dobbins. See, this thing, I don't have a problem with with your first three rounds going tight end, running back, running back, running back. And I should get three named running backs. Um, and I should, you should be able to land someone from, depends on where you're picking. You know, if you're in a 10-team league, that means you're going to get either, you're going to be in the range of Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, you know, Chris Carson. I really like Chris Carson this year. Uh, if he can stay, uh, if he... If you don't he, have Kamara as a first-round pick? No, I do. I just don't know what, like, here's the thing. I, I like I like Eckler more than I like Kamara. Ooh, okay. Expound on that. Because they play similar style, but I feel like Kamara's the upgraded version of Eckler. Uh, there's more options in the Saints offense than there is in the Chargers offense. I think... They're going to rely on that run game. I think they're going to rely on those quick passing. You have Tyrod in there. You have a rookie quarterback who's going to take over at some point. So you're going to look for things in the offense that make you comfortable. Running the ball, short passing game kind of comes with that. Uh, touchdowns don't really. Uh, but if you're in a PPR league, I, I like what I could get out of Eckler. I'm also really fucking weirded out by the Taysom Hill saga in New Orleans. You basic, <laughs> You basically... Yeah, you basically just paid top dollar for someone who doesn't play. Uh, I, I so I don't know what they're doing there. Can they turn him more into a running back? Uh, you know, you you take away snaps from Camara when you line up in these weird offensive formations. And if if Taysom Hill takes over, I, he's not a passing. He he cannot throw the ball. So uh, you take away the passes Camara would get. I'm just I'm just a little wary. I'm not saying Kamara should fall out of your draft board. I just like Eckler more because I think I know what I'm going to get there. I think I know I'm going to get short passing game, uh, dump checkdowns out of the backfield, and then solid running production. So I, I expect um, that that that's what I expect out of out of uh, Eckler versus Kamara. So let me ask you this: I didn't tell you that I was going to do this. This is on the fly. But I, I got a surprise segment for you called The Real Deal or Smokescreen. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple players from last year that, you know, that showed a little something at some point in the year. And I want you to tell me if they're the real deal going into this year or if we should stay away. Okay. Fireman. Let's start off with Kenyon Drake. He went to Arizona, blew up at the end of the year, but we didn't see anything from him to suggest that that's what was going to happen since Alabama. Yeah, um, I, I believe that's the real deal, and the reason is is I go to Adam Gase and I I run a really quick check. I say, "Did you play for Adam Gase?" You say yes. <laughs> I say, "Did you leave Adam Gase?" You say yes. I go, "Bing, bing, 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 bing." Fantasy value. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is how many touches he gets in that offense because they now have DeAndre Hopkins. They're going to have to spread more around. I still like Kenyon Drake. It should mean better sets he's running into. All about Kenyon Drake. Okay, next up, Miles Sanders of Philadelphia going into his second year. Here's the thing. I like Miles Sanders too, uh, but this is more out of desperation. 
that I look at Philadelphia, and I think Miles Sanders is hurt right now, so I'm, I'm not really sure what how that ends up. But I think he's the real deal as well. And and the reason is again, wide receivers in that offense only scored four. I think that no one had more than 400 passing yards. So there's a lot of opportunity in the passing game for Miles Sanders. Um, he is someone they really like. This is going to be, and I really like this production down the stretch last year. I'm all in on Miles Sanders as well. All right, I got three more for you. Let's go James Conner. Out. Coming off of a, a bad year. Out. Two years ago, he was great, but, you know, Big Ben's injury, I'm willing to give him a slight pass. How do you feel? Uh, this is part of the issue. I believe that their backup in Pittsburgh, um, and I'm looking for his name. His nickname's Ant-Man. He's out of... Uh, from Maryland? Yes. He will be the starter for Pittsburgh by the end of the year. I'm out on James Conner. Ooh, that's a spicy take right there. Out on James Conner. Cannot stay healthy. Uh, they will lean. Ant-Man is more athletic, faster, better hands, better feet. Once he gets past blocking down, which is a big part of it, if he can get that hill over take Conner. I just don't like Conner standing up through the wear and tear. I was huge on Conner last year. Even with Ben out, I loved him. I thought they would hand it off to him a lot. He just broke down. We, and he broke down before in his career. We know this. He cannot stay healthy. And then he's a very productive player when he's in there. But I'm out on him right now, especially with a backup that I believe could overtake him by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm out on him this year as well. I picked him last year with my uh, the first pick of the second round. And you can imagine how my season went last season because yep. he didn't give me anything. And you need to nail those first two picks. <laughs> you do. Uh, because that... That's just it. If, if you do not get your first two picks, you're effed. <laughs> so right, exactly. I do like right. him. I do like him a lot coming out of pit. Next up, I got Le'Veon Bell in his second season at, with Adam Gase on the Jets. Out on Le'Veon Bell. I do not believe that uh, Adam Gase knows how to use any of his weapons. Everything I've heard at a training camp is Jets training camp is a dumpster fire. Uh, not saying Bell won't be productive. I'm just not going to spend the pick on him. I'll let someone else take that risk. Okay. Last up, and I think this one's a little interesting because we don't know much about volume or what his involvement in the offense this year is going to be. What do you think about Kareem Hunt? Uh, Kareem Hunt is it's someone that there. you know that, will hold. They have Nick Chubb. So. Yeah, Kareem Hunt's someone you will hold on to all year long, begging that the Browns get an injury. And that's it. He is not going to start over Nick Chubb. They have, they bring in Austin Hooper. They keep Njoku. They have Landry and OBJ. So if you're going to throw the ball to someone, it's probably Nick Chubb out of the backfield. If you do put Kareem Hunt down there to throw the ball to, it's going to be few and far between. This team has way too many people on it that want the ball. I I, I don't like it at all. I, I didn't. I he can get you value if Nick Chubb goes down, but you're gonna draft him and hold on to him. Going great, I've got a number one on most teams, but the problem is, wh- wh- like rank his offensive options: OBJ one, Nick Chubb two, Landry three. Then you have Hooper and yeah, Hunt. Yeah, is probably four. So, what, you taking the fifth option on an offense and going, oh, production? You, I mean, you better hope. I mean, you're praying. You're just praying because you don't really know. 
I actually got one more bonus for you because for I'm it. curious, very curious about this one. Todd Gurley now in Atlanta. I, I know that the, the knee stuff is, is a serious thing, but I feel like last year the, the Rams showed that their offense had some flaws. They had some offensive line injuries. Yep. And Todd Gurley, I, I believe, was still in double-digit touchdowns. So now he's going to that Atlanta offense. How do you feel? Uh, the same way I felt about a 26-year-old with arthritis in his knee before he got there. Okay, so you're out on Todd Gurley. Yeah, I feel like he could end up with a lot of touchdowns this year. Even if he doesn't, you know, even if he's not at 1,300 yards, I could easily see him with 12, 13 touchdowns, you know, because that offense is going to move. And they're not that great in the red zone. No, I just worry about, like, it depends on where I can get him. If I can get Todd Gurley at a good deal, I'm a deal person, okay? I have very few people that I go, no way am I touching them. Very few people. If they fall to me, I'll take them. Into it, but I'm. you have to give me value. If Todd Gurley's sitting around in the fifth round, sixth round, sure. But he's not going to. And so, you know, and if he's there, if he's late, if he's sitting back there, what's his current ADP? Let me Google it. Todd Gurley ADP. ADP is 16, according to Fantasy Pros. Fourth round is where he's going. Most Yeah, fourth, 16 running back. Fourth round is where he's 4-4. He's four, four. Well, 16 among running backs, I'm sorry, not 16th overall. Right. So he's going in the fourth round, fourth pick, 16 running is uh, where Fantasy Football Calculator has it. Uh, I, I'll i take him in the sixth. How about that? That's where I, I feel I'm, like he I'm is. Not, if I'm getting Todd Gurley in the sixth, I'm not complaining about what I get back. Correct. That's it, though, right? Like that. <laughs> I'm not taking him in the fourth. I just there are players I believe you can get in the fourth that are going to easily have a thousand yards. I'm just not taking Todd Gurley. Okay, uh, I mean that's it for me. I got one more if you want it. Go for it. David Johnson now on Houston didn't show us much in Arizona. Do you think that that was more scheme with a new coach, or do you think he's done for? I kind of look at it and go, uh, well, how did uh, Kenyon Drake do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a great point. <laughs> so, do I think the bad GM made a good trade? No. <laughs> uh, will he get some yards? Sure. I just. Uh, I think he's someone to watch in a PPR format. I mean, I'm not taking him to be one of my first two running backs, but if I can get David Johnson in a flex. I, I mean, I can definitely see Deshaun Watson dumping it off to him a few times. You know, in PPR, I feel like there's value. In standard, maybe not as much. Johnson's going in the third round. I'm just going to let other people take those flyers. Like, your third pick is David Johnson, and you're you're confident. Like, that that's the type of draft where you draft David Johnson, and you look at your roster after drafting you, I fucking hate my team. <laughs> I need to make a trade right now. Right now. That, 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 I'm telling you, if you draft David Johnson in the third round or fourth round, you're going to look at your roster and go, I fucking hate my team. <laughs> <laughs> you're, that's it. You're like, God damn it. So that's what you like. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Trying to avoid that when you look at your team at the end and you go, what the fuck? You're, it basically, you're, you could look at a draft where you take Gurley in the fourth, Johnson in the third, your tight ends in the sixth, and you go, okay, so on this first week of football, What's the chances Gurley gets less than 100 total yards? Probably pretty good. What are the chances of David Johnson doing that? Probably pretty good. What's the chance of your, you know, 10th run, 10th tight end you selected 
catching four passes for 30 yards. Pretty good. So you took Johnson in the third, Gurley in the fourth, your tight end in the sixth, and you've got three positions that are going to total 20 points in a PPR league. Good luck. Good fucking luck. <laughs> That's all on you, and you're not going to win many weeks. So yeah, I'm in alignment with you. If if I'm if I need to pick David Johnson in the third round, I'm probably looking at my team afterwards like fuck. Exactly. If your two starting running backs are Gurley and Johnson, the year better be either 2016, 2017, or you're cookied. Okay, you're cookied. Uh, the other thing is, Johnson really hasn't been uh, good for. What? It's been a couple years. Right. I believe the year before last year he battled with injury. Uh, he's let me been look it battling with injuries. Yeah. It's been three years since he's been good. Don't take him. Please don't take him. Just let him go. Uh, and, so, you know, we'll do it. Since we're on running backs, I'll kind of go into this. Um, this is where I'm spending a lot of my capital is drafting running backs. I want named running backs, and I want two of them on my team. Joe Mixon, uh, Chris Carson, these are players that if you're at the back half of your draft should be available that I believe can be productive. I like Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake. Um, look, I really like James White in a PPR format because Cam Newton's going to be throwing to him a lot. Tom Brady did, I believe Cam Newton will throw to him as well. I love Josh Jacobs this year. Uh, some people I'm avoiding. I don't know what I'm going to... The whole Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon thing in Denver... I think they're going to consume each other too much. You're going to look at a Melvin Gordon Eckler style running back in San Diego where they can eat each other. They can both be productive, but um, I, I don't know if I'm going in that direction. Uh, Ronald, My thing with Melvin Gordon is that they gave him a lot of money, and I believe uh, Philip Lindsay was undrafted, right? Yeah. So to me, that makes me think, like, you invest this much money in Melvin Gordon, they're going to feed Melvin Gordon. I mean, I, I think that Philip Lindsay will get his share of pass-catching downs, but, uh, you know, when you when you shovel a bunch of money into the running back position, I expect you to use them. I, I do too, but, okay, so you have Cortland Sutton, okay, you drafted yeah. a running, you drafted Jerry Judy, you have Jerry Judy first round talent. Uh, you've got Noah Fant. You've got Philip Lindsay. Now you're going to add Melvin Gordon again. I look at a team, and we'll get to quarterbacks later. Why I'm drooling over Drew Locke, but uh, that's a lot of fucking weapons, <laughs> and that's a lot, a lot, a lot of having to dig through. Where is Melvin Gordon going to be? Um, I'm just passing on that situation. If you get him late enough, sure, again. But I really look at the uh, fantasy rookies, okay? So last year, there weren't a ton of rookies that made it into, and, and when I say rookies, I'm really talking first or second year running backs that made it into the top projected for PPR leagues. Uh, Aaron Jones is one of them. Uh, David Montgomery got hurt, but he was he was a good, he was well hyped. He's hurt now, uh, but there just aren't a ton of them. Chris Carson's up there. Uh, I really think you need one or two main named running backs that are stern and steady, and then turn your eyes to the rookies coming in. Um, Clyde's Edward Alaire. A lot of people are taking kind of a like in the top four. First round, from what I've seen, your boy Matthew Barry. Uh, I saw him on TV the other day talking about how he would take him maybe sixth, seventh overall. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm just, again, a little worried about how he holds up, what he does. Um, he is the number one rookie. Look, if he's there at the end of it, I'm, I'm not going to take him in the first round. I'm just not. Uh, I'm going to take someone that's more tried and true because I really don't want to miss. Um, do I believe he's someone who could win your league for you? Uh, he has that potential. But the thing that, that's weird for me is he wasn't ranked as the top running back for almost everyone's draft board. Uh, when he went to Kansas, I like Jonathan Taylor the best personally. Yeah, and and when he went to Kansas City, everyone oh perfect pick, and I go well, you know they tell you never draft a running back in the first round. Um, you did it. Everyone ate shit because you won the Super Bowl. Does it mean it's a good pick? No. We really have to see this thing pan out. I'm just gonna caution people against firing into that. Um, but when we talk about rookie running backs, Cam Akers for the Rams. Who's he going to compete against if he's got it? Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. Marlon Mack is hurt. I like Marlon Mack, but he is a change of pace back. Jonathan Taylor should be the guy. J.K. Dobbins is going to take snaps from Mark Andrews, period. Uh, Let me ask you about Dobbins specifically, actually. So Mark Ingram, I think he's pretty solidified, and you're the Ravens fan here, so you know him better than me, but I think that his role is pretty solidified in the offense. First down, second down, he's going to be on the field. Third down, they might switch to someone else. So do you think that J.K. Dobbins' arrival is going to take from some of Mark Ingram's touches? Yes. Or do you think that this more affects Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill? It eliminates Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. But it also, I think, look, by week seven, I think it's going to be tough as shit to keep him off the field. I think you're going to see, there were times where Mark, uh, Mark Andrews, uh, Mark Ingram. Yeah, Mark, sorry. uh, Mark Ingram got caught from behind. That does not happen with Dobbins. Like, you you will see plays where he hits that open field and you go, kiss it goodbye. Whereas Mark Andrews is getting run down, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram's getting run down by the safety. I think J.K. Dobbins, by the end of the year, becomes the feature back. Uh, it's a lot like what happened to Ingram in uh, New Orleans. They start as 50-50, then it starts to get 60-40, and you go, Mark Ing- Ingram is a great, he becomes the great change of pace back. It's Dobbins down there on first down. You may see Ingram come in. You may see them both come in. You know, and and I just think that by the end of the year, Dobbins is going to be someone you can pencil in for 12 to 14 points a week. So, you know, you don't have to get one of those. T- Once you get your named running back, start looking at your rookies. There's a lot of opportunity. Antonio Gibson in Washington, they have no one. Darius Geis was cut. We have no idea who's going to win that camp. Anthony McFarland in Pittsburgh, they have no one behind Connor except for him. They drafted him for this reason. Connor can't finish the season. Um, and uh, I, I don't really like Zach Moss out in Buffalo, Kashawn Vaughn in Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones is supposed to be the starter, but if he can't get pass protection down, he will be out of there. So there's a lot of, this is where you grab, you know, two rookies at the in the middle part, uh, and I'm going to be taking a stab at trying to grab either uh, Dobbins or Taylor with one of my early picks. I don't care if it's a little out of position because I believe either one of them could end up being a bell cow running back by the end of the year. And if you're in a league that allows keepers, you 100% need to be targeting a rookie. So for running backs, I'm going named early and then I'm going to start just stockpiling rookies. I'm not picking up uh, 
Carlos Hyde. I'm not picking up any of those people. I don't care what their stats were last year. I'm going upside with my bench. All my bench will be high upside, boom or bust. And I hold on to them until week six. And at week six, I make a determination. Am I holding this person for too long? Or are they about to break out? Or are they already broken out? So uh, I'm going running back, uh, going tight end early, running back early, named running back, and then I'm looking for uh, people, uh, rookies that could step into the role as the season gets going. And there are a lot of rookies available. You know, we'll rehash them real quick. Cam Akers, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, Antonio Gibson, Anthony McFarlane. These are five rookies who could potentially take over the starting job because A, the starter is gone and hurt or did not pan out. Uh, so that's all open road. They drafted these people for a reason. Uh, that's where I have them. That's what I like. Yeah, no, no arguments there. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. Uh, I do think that by the end of the year, he's going to take Marlon Mack's job. But shout out to Marlon Mack, USF alum. That's my boy, Go Bulls. Yes. Uh, look, Marlon Mack, I really liked. He just doesn't seem to be able to put a whole game together. Um, and that's fine. I yeah, think he's, he's been hurt a lot. And he's been hurt. And that doesn't get better as you get older. Just, you know, a little hint for everyone out there. Uh, getting, uh, <laughs> you don't get, Charles Barkley said it, and I love it. He said, uh, you don't get healthy when you get old, you get dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, yep, that's how I feel. Okay, so let's move over. Two positions left to kind of run down, wide receiver and quarterback. We're going to hit the wide receiver. Last year, PPR rankings, the top 10 wide receivers, all named and known guys. Where you can find some value this year, Julian Edelman. Okay, he's the only person, and him and Mohamed Sanu are the only people that are going to catch passes from Cam Newton. In PPR leagues, Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu are worth more than standard leagues or half PPR. If you do not get points per reception for Edelman or Sanu, there's not a chance I would draft them. If you do, they're way higher valued. Now, what I see when you get into the uh, 12 to 20 range of last year's um, wide receivers... You start to see first and second year players, and a lot of them, and they're shooting up the board. Uh, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, DJ Moore. These are all players that step into a role and start to take off. Uh, AJ Brown at 21. Um, you know, the, and the, this is ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you have Calvin Ridley on this list. Um, they're ahead of Tyreek Hill missed time, but on a per-game basis, they still averaged more. Uh, th these are high upside. I believe that with your wide receivers, you can wait. Someone like Cooper Cup is going to fall. Robert Woods is going to fall. These are these, Robert Woods is the number one on Houston with Deshaun Watson right now. Very sleepery pick. Um, Cooper Cup, people forget about. He was the fourth wide receiver in PPR leagues last year. These are uh, high-name high players that should be falling to you in the second and third round that you could scoop up if you wanted. But if you wait and get down into the 20s to 30s where you can still get people that win you games, Terry McLaurin came out of nowhere. My strategy is I'm banking on first and second year wide receivers almost exclusively. I don't need the name to start out. 
I'm going to put a couple people in there that are first or second year wide receivers, and that's what I'm going to go with. I think they're the next wave. I think wide receivers are coming up hot. I think from a rookie perspective of wide receivers, there are a shitload that you can go after that'll give you plus points, and you can get them late. You can spend all your time getting that tight end, getting that running back, and then waiting till late to get these wide receivers. And there are rookies across the board. The entire, uh, just give me, Big Ben comes back, right? The entire Pittsburgh wide receiver core. Juju Smith-Schuster finished 65th in fantasy. I bet he finishes above 40 this year, but people aren't going to look at him. James Washington's on that list. He finished 54th. I bet he finishes higher. They're going to get, they had the worst ranked quarterback last year. They're going to a Hall of Fame quarterback, although he is old and you will see rust. There's so much value in these in the upside of these wide receivers that are young, that are, um, you know, uh, not quite proven, but there are just so many of them that for me, wide receivers are something that I believe I can get and get at a great value all the way across the board. Um, if you get a chance to get Michael Thomas, you you have to take him. Uh, but Michael Thomas had 100 more points than the next wide receiver, just to, some some reference. He had 100 more points, even if that degrades, uh, you know, at 10%, he should still be 80 more points than the next wide receiver. So, so where's the line where you would take Michael Thomas over a running back? Like, would you take Michael Thomas over a Derrick Henry? Hmm. That's tough. Uh, if I'm if I'm picking and I have di- no, I'm taking Henry. Uh, there's just running backs are where I, I believe I can make up ground in the wide receivers. Uh, running backs I need to take when I have them, and, and that's all right. So where's that line where you say no? Okay, I'm taking Michael Thomas. Like I'm not taking this running back. Uh, like, who was the running back where you draw that? What do you call it? Mendoza line? Yeah, the the 200 Mendoza line. Um, I would take, here are the running backs, let's see, McCaffrey, Jones, Elliott, Eckler, Henry, Cook, Chubb, Kamara, Barkley, Carson. After that, I'll... Oh, wait, you're taking all those people before you take Michael Thomas? Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know about Chris Carson. Uh, I like Chris Carson. I know. If my choices are Michael Thomas or Chris Carson. I'm rolling with Thomas. I should. I, okay. I'll pro- if I was on the board, I'd probably go. I just have this thing for Carson this year. Uh, but I, Thomas is almost too good to pass up. So the problem is, I I just believe that the the backups for wide receiver for the rookies that I could get are going to be there. I think that our, you know, when you look at it just I'm going to pull up real quick uh how wide receivers have looked. Um how many how many are drafted this year? How many first round draft picks did we even have um for wide receivers? So while you do that, I'll go ahead and jump in. Uh you were speaking about second year receivers that you like that you could probably get in the mid rounds and I really like both those old miss boys. I I love DK Metcalf going into his yep, second year. Yep. I love AJ Brown going yep. into his second year. Now AJ Brown might be a little biased, but I think he showed us what he's got, you know, once Tannehill took over last year. I don't so think there's any bias guys, there. You could probably get him in the fifth, sixth round, you know? And that's a steal, by the way. It's a steal and, and look, it's not. AJ Brown finished. It's 21st overall wide receiver in PPR. And he didn't even get 
a competent quarterback for half the year. Right. Now, like, he didn't really get started until, like, week nine. Cortland Sutton didn't have a, a quarterback for, like, six weeks. It was Joe Flacco. Drew Locke comes in. He finishes at 19th. DJ Moore had no one to throw the ball to him. He still finished 16th. DJ Chark finished 17th with a revolving door. I'm saying these teams, uh, <laughs> there are a lot, a lot of options here. There are a lot of good young quarter wide receivers that people aren't going to look at, and you're going to be able to just sneak through. Uh, here are the wide receivers taken in the draft this year that I believe could have could have wide receiver one years. We're going to consider what Cortland Sutton did as a wide receiver one. Uh, you you know or you're very close to wide receiver one towards the end of the year, definitely wide receiver one. Uh, DJ Moore was a wide receiver one. So here here are the the wide receivers that were took taken judy lamb rager rugs justin jefferson t higgins michael pittman uh lavisca chenault jacksonville denzel mims brian edwards brandon Ayuk, uh chase clayport antonio golden uh, gandy golden uh at the list uh devin duvernay in baltimore uh james Procise in baltimore it, it just the list of wide receivers that could potentially take starting reps and be a wide receiver one or two is fucking absurd. In Philly, remember, they had no one that had over 400 yards passing. Jalen Rager should be the wide receiver one. Should get wide receiver one targets. Should get wide receiver one points. But once that gets rolling, C.D. Lamb in Dallas is the only one I'm staying away from because you have Gallup, you have... Um, Cooper and you have Ezekiel Elliott, which takes a lot away from uh, just total production. You're going to run the ball a lot there. Jerry Judy in Denver, I'm head over heels with. Uh, Rugs in Vegas, who was their wide receiver one last year? Exactly. Tyrell Williams. Right. Okay, so here comes Henry Ruggs. Justin Jefferson's filling in for Stefan Diggs. I love that idea. In Cincinnati, you have a new quarterback in Joe Burrow, and with him you bring A.J. Green, who's hurt a lot. You have Tyler Boyd, and you add T. Higgins. Uh, new quarterback in Indianapolis, and you have Michael Pittman. Jacksonville. I don't really know what you're going to get there. You do have Chark, uh, and I like him a lot. Uh, but you they, have Chark. That, that's all you have. That's it. They add Chenault. In uh, the Jets, they don't have anyone. They add Denzel Mims. Um, so, you know, Brian Edwards also in Las Vegas. Uh, Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco. They already lost some of their uh, targets this year from just yeah, injuries. And Debo's hurt. Ayuk and Debo's hurt. a good bet to, to take off quick. Chase Claypool is killing camp. He could come out as a stud for Pittsburgh. They're just, I am going to take six rookie wide receivers and stash them the fuck all over my team and hope that two of them pan out. And I got news for you. According to just last year and the year before, these young guys will do well. If you had DK Metcalf on you, if your wide receivers, let's say your wide receivers last year, here are your starting three wide receivers. Cortland Sutton, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf. How you doing? That sounds like a pretty good... You mean last year? Or yeah, coming last year. Season? Last year. You did really uh, well. You, you do pretty good as long as your running backs are, are on point. If you go in... If I went into a week last year with those three as my wide receivers, maybe one of them's a flex, two wide receivers and a flex, you, you're not looking to upgrade. You've got A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, and you're now, going... from week 10 on, you probably won a few games if those were your guys. I'm just saying that's what you can get out of these rookies. That's what you can get. You may have to wait on them. 
but they still finished. Um, Cortland Sutton finished, like I said, 19th. DJ Moore, 16th. DJ Chark, 17th. Uh, AJ Brown, 21st. Uh, you know, they, they were all there. What do you think they were drafted? They weren't drafted up there. People took flyers on Metcalf. This is this is your opportunity. You have someone like Isaiah uh, like Coulter, Coulter, who's in Houston. We don't know who Houston's gonna who Deshaun's gonna end up liking. It could be him. I think you're better off waiting on your wide receivers, and then when everyone else is trying to plug and play their positions, you just scoop the shit out of six of these rookies. I'd probably try to go out and grab uh, the A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton. I want to get one of them. I want to get one of the first-year guys that are going into year two, and then I want to backfill with a bunch of rookies. And the thing is, I think you're going to be able to. I think you can get an Ayuk, uh, a Mims. If I have the chance, I'm, first off, I'm not drafting Lamb. Just I, I, He could be the best one, most talented. I just think they got too many, too much going on on that team to take a, take a rookie. Take someone that doesn't have someone challenging them. Rugs has no one challenging him. No one. <laughs> Rager has no one challenging him. Justin Jefferson. It's Thielen and Justin Jefferson. There are so many of these. Uh, Jerry Judy is Cortland Sutton. But just go for these rookies. Take these rookies. They're going to provide good value. You just sparked something in my head when you were talking about the lack of competition and taking guys that, that fit that profile. How do you feel about someone like Devontae Parker, who didn't show us much in his career, but then Preston Williams goes down last year and suddenly he's an, uh, he's a wide receiver one? Yeah, it's now they have a healthy receiving core. Preston Williams is back, and Devontae Parker's numbers weren't as impressive when he shared the field with Preston Williams. So how yeah. do you feel about Parker? Uh, I like Parker, but here's your problem. Anytime that you have a wide receiver where your quarterback's going to change, we know that Fitzpatrick likes Parker. I don't know what Tua likes. I don't know what I get after week six. So players like that, like Parker, like you said, that have this discrepancy, and Parker was uh, 11th ranked wide receiver last year, um, you you have to – I just let him go. I go, I'll let someone else take that pick. I'm going to ignore the I, – I like upside, but only if I haven't seen downside. You know, for a rookie, the downside is known. They could just not pan out. When, I, when you see something like what Parker did where you go, oh, and then when other talent gets influxed, Parker, Parker's talent becomes uh, less important. And that's what I worry about. When you start influxing greater levels of talent to a team and they start losing passes or, or uh, focus of the offense, it's that's what worries me, and that's where Parker sits in. Do I think he's talented? Do I think he can produce? Yep. Do I still want him on my team? Yep, but I am going to be wary about it. You know, like, I'm going to weigh my options. If I can have someone else that's, you know, let's see. If I had Parker, like, I would Are like... Are you taking Parker over, like, a Michael Gallup? Oh, yes. I'm taking Parker over Gallup because Gallup now has to fight Gallup Cooper. It's Gallup Cooper and Lamb. And it's Jerry World. If they don't get C.D. Lamb the ball, he's going to freak the fuck out. They didn't put him in 88 for nothing. You're right. So, that, that, How do you feel about the uh, the Bengals wide receiving core? Because I feel like with Joe Burrow, someone or someones are bound to break out. 
but they have so many options over there in Cincinnati. I don't know who I want to pick because I'm not picking multiple Cincinnati receivers. They got Tyler Boyd. They have A.J. Green coming back from injury. They yep. drafted T. Higgins. There they you still go. have John Ross getting healthy. These are the situations I'm talking about. Take T. Higgins. You're going to be able to flyer T. Higgins at the end. What if A.J. Green goes down? What it turns out with Joe Burrow and T. Higgins just, you know, really get along. <laughs> like, uh, right. you know, it's tough. We don't have preseason to get a gauge on what people like. Um, but I just think that these rookies will catch on more with Joe Burrow. Um, Higgins comes from Clemson. He played with a great quarterback. He's going to get another great quarterback, great college football quarterback. <sighs> I, I just go, who I'm not, I'm not taking Green, by the way. I'm just not going to really risk it with him. Um, At all? What if he's available 9, 10th round? Like, we're talking yeah, about bench. Yeah, I would, I would fire a flyer, but I'd rather have T. Higgins. I'd just rather have T. Higgins. I, I almost feel like Tyler Boyd is the guy to have in that, in that receiving group this year. I've just been waiting on him. I've just been waiting on him. See, I'm going heavy rookie and seeing which rookies pan out by week six. And then at week six, I'll cut bait and readjust. But I'm going to try to take all the guys that pop up when teams make quarterback changes. Uh, and, and that's why you see those wide receivers start to catch on week six because that's when teams go, I have 10 weeks left. The only way to salvage this season is if I can bring in this rookie or this other quarterback and they can get me uh, you know, six out of these 10 games a win. Uh, and, and then they ride him out through the end of the year when they realize all the hope is lost and then the coach gets fired. But that camaraderie is born there, and I'd like T. Higgins to come out of it. Here's my problem with Cincinnati. That offensive line is terrible. 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 And the weapons around them are all talk and no show. Okay? That just across the board. So... I'm real cautious with everything Bengals. From Joe Burrow down, will they get yards? Yes, every team has yards. Will someone be a good option? Yes. I just don't know who it's going to be. I'm with you. So I got two receivers for in and out before we move to uh, to the quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, first, T.Y. Hilton. How do you feel? Uh, God, I, he. I'm out on Hilton. I love Hilton, but he's another one. I don't know what it is with him and Mac. They're just always hurt for me. They're just always hurt. I'm watching the waiver wire every freaking week because I'm like, is Hilton going to play? Do I need to pick up a backup? What do I do when Hilton's out? Who's behind Hilton? I, I It's just, with Hilton, I find myself so many weeks looking at it going, oh, he's out again. Oh, he's out again. Oh, he's out again. Oh, he's hurt. He's limited. What is it? Oh, it's a hammy. Great. <laughs> My wide receiver's got handy issues. So I, I just avoid. I'm out on Hilton. Okay. Next one, Stefan Diggs. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, by the way, wide receiver 57 last year. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, I think he's unique because he's, he Will, showed you in Minnesota that he has that talent. Yes. You know, I think that he's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. He, he puts up numbers, but... Now he's with Josh Allen. So where do you weigh having a mediocre, you know, arm throwing to you versus him really being the the best option they have on offense? There's going to be two games this year, two, that Stephon Diggs has two-plus touchdowns and 150 yards. He will, between those games, do nothing. 
<laughs> and that's my problem. I don't like Josh Allen. I don't like him. I love the training camp talk about Josh Allen. Here, here is a snippet of what it sounds like to be at Bill's training camp. Josh Allen is trying throws last year that he wouldn't even have attempted. What the fuck does that mean? I can try throws. <laughs> he wasn't hitting his passes. Josh Allen was trying to throw a football in a way he has not thrown a football. That's what you told me. You didn't say it was good. You didn't say it was bad. He's just trying it. <laughs> You're just trying to figure out how to throw a football because you were 30th at deep ball throws last year. There are 32 starting quarterbacks. You know, the one thing that I don't understand about the, the general hype around uh, Josh Allen and and Stephon Diggs is that Josh Allen's deep ball accuracy was towards the bottom of the league, or at the bottom of the league. At the bottom. Holding the bottom up, yes. And it's not like they didn't have a good deep threat. Like, John Brown is a good deep threat. So yeah. I, I don't see why right. getting... right. Um, Getting Stephon Diggs is just going to, you know, Stephon Diggs is obviously a better player than John Brown, but it's not like he had a slouch as a deep threat last year. No, and and just to give you an idea, John Brown, I believe, had a, John Brown finished above A.J. Brown in fantasy points last year. He finished at 20. I like John Brown. I I feel like he's a little sleeper, but now with Stephon Diggs there, you know that's going to eat into his looks because he was number one last year. John Brown catches deep balls. So he's out. Just drop him off the map. That's it. Right, right. Stephon Diggs is taking all those looks. All those looks. And But you didn't change your offense. You just went, okay, now hear me out. What if I got another person that catches deep balls? And you go, okay, so what are you going to do about the quarterback? Because <laughs> 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 that's what you're talking about. Was Josh Allen a good fantasy option? Probably. But I don't think he's going to run as much this year. This is the year Josh Allen makes the turn where the Buffalo goes, eh, all right, what's Kirk Cousins doing? <laughs> Josh Josh Allen gets his fucking cock, clock cleaned. Yeah. Uh, at least like four or five times a year where I'm looking at the TV like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like it hurt. And he's going to continue. The offensive line ain't great. It's not bad. Uh, the weapons are good. The weapons are good. But Josh Allen ain't. Like, I'm sorry. We don't see quarterbacks make a big jump between year two and three. We see it between years one and two. But we we just saw Josh Allen. I, I, I'm out on Josh Allen. I think he just lacks the passing tools to be a quarterback. So and That's a good transition into the quarterbacks. And that's where we're going to get to. Look, here's my problem when I get into fantasy football i become obsessed with value obsessed with value and i look for just value who where you know how deep can i get certain players like do i think they're still going to be starters um for instance unless you can get lamar or mahomes there, uh, here's where I'm drafting my quarterbacks. Here's what, here's what my rosters have looked like in my best balls and my standard draft. Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke. And I get them all almost at the end of the draft. I can get all three. And I just need... Like in Big Ben, huh? 
Big Ben, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke. Explain Baker Mayfield. I understand Big Ben. I understand Drew Locke. Explain your stance on Baker Mayfield, though, because I'm not with you on that one. I don't really want him on my team. Weapons, 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 weapons. That motherfucker has more weapons. I get it. Look, I get it. I'm taking three players, and I'm going to say one of them is going to have a breakout. That's what I'm going with. I'm going with Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Locke. And you can get them all just about as late as you want. Just about as late as you want. Let everyone yeah, else fight over. I don't see anyone even drafting a couple of those. Like Mayfield and Locke, you could probably get them on the waiver wire after the draft. Right. I'm, I'm, here's my thing. Take all those young rookies. Who, who's going to get more points this year, Phillip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger? Big Ben. Okay. People are... Who do you think is going to get more points, Phillip Rivers or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield? Okay. Phillip Rivers has never had – I think I think I read a thing that said Baker Mayfield's uh, – not Baker Mayfield. Uh, Phillip Rivers in all of his career has never had a 30-point fantasy day. It might be oh, 35. Wait, never? Never. He, he just doesn't have the four touchdown games that you need to get up there. That's and surprising. He, he also doesn't run the ball. So he doesn't get, and you know, you run the ball for 14 yards in a game. That's that's an extra point. That's not many, too. 14 is nothing. <laughs> right. That's a hundred some yards at the end of a season. Most quarterbacks that are younger, and even in his best years, he doesn't run the ball. He didn't QB sneak. He didn't move the ball himself. So you got to be throwing him. And Philip Rivers throws two picks. <laughs> so it's just tough. Uh, Philip Rivers, it, you can get Mayfield. Before you get Rivers, you you know uh, Carson Wentz. You take him, sure. I don't know what I'm going to get. Is Carson Wentz going to have a better year than Baker Mayfield statistically? I don't know. Who's he throwing to? I think to? it's within the realm of possibility. If you told me that that happened after the season, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. So uh, Drew Locke is going to have tons of wide receiver options. Noah Fant, I think, has a breakout chance. Uh, they add Melvin. They cha- they add an offense, new offensive coordinator. They revamp the biggest problems I had with that team, which was the interior offensive line. They revamp their interior. They revamp their offensive coordinator. They add additional weapons. Drew Locke is going to be in the playoffs this year, and Drew Locke is going to be a top 14, 15 fantasy quarterback, and you can get him dead last. I just think, who would you rather have, Drew Locke or Jared Goff? Jimmy oh, Gar- Drew Locke, 100%. Jimmy Garoppolo or Drew Locke? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill. Fuck it. I, <laughs> I, I, there's a slew of quarterbacks. Don't just take the name Ben Roethlisberger. Take a flyer on two of them. You can let Drew Locke sit. But I'm going to tell you this. The first week when Drew Locke goes out and throws two touchdown passes to Corton Sutton and another one to Noah Fant, he will not be available. Right, right. You're right. So As soon as he takes off, he's going to be gone. That's it. Derek Carr has a ton of value. The guy gets fantasy points. He throws the ball nonstop. He's an idiot. He will throw picks. You need picks to have good fantasy value because it means your team's down and you're throwing. So th- I like all three of those players, and you can get them – you can get them off the heap. I'm not paying for a pick. I'm going to take this is where I'm going to take my wide receivers. I love my wide. I love all those rookies. How am I going to get them all? Well, 
I'm not taking a quarterback. I took my tight end early. I took my big name running backs early. Now I'm going to take all wide receivers. At the end of my draft, I'm going to take two quarterbacks. I'm going to pick my kicker, and I'm going to roll. And then when kickoff starts, when is it? 9-13, I think is kickoff, the date. I'm going to the day before that, I'm going to pick a defense. That's how I'm rolling my teams this year. If I can get Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, I'm in. If not, I'll sit. I don't know how. I think Prescott's going to have a great year. When we, when we start to break down bets for the year, I think the guy's going to get early MVP consideration. But I think the problem is if you're winning games, statistically if you're winning games, you know who has the ball in their hands? The running back. So you need to pick quarterbacks that are going to have to be throwing. I think Baker Mayfield's a good candidate. I love Drew Locke. Ben's defense is a little different, so that's I'm a little hesitant there. But Baker and Drew Locke are the two I can take. I'm not worried about anybody taking either of them, and I believe one of them will have a top top 10 fantasy year. I believe one of them will have a top 10 fantasy year. If I get all three between Ben, Baker, and Drew Locke, I believe two have a top 10 fantasy year. Okay. So I got another surprise segment for you. It's called Rank This Group. Okay. I'm going to read off three names for you. I want you to put them in order based on where you think that they're going to land in terms of fantasy production, not actual real-life production. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Murray, Watson, Wilson. Okay. Why Murray over Watson? Uh, Weapons? Cliff Kingsbury's offense is built around throwing the ball, not running it. Um, and the other two have an obsession with running the ball and not throwing it. Uh, Deshaun Watson always has late-game heroics. Russell Wilson, late-game heroics. Why is that? It's because both of their coaches believe that you should keep the game close and then switch a gear at the end to catch up or go ahead. It's stupid. It's dumb thinking. Uh, but that's where they like it. Oh, keep the game close. And then what we're going to do is because we have the better quarterback, we got <laughs> you at the end of the game. And I go, well, you know you have the better quarterback. You could just put the other team in a basket and push them down river, which is what the Ravens did, which is what the Kansas City Chiefs do. It's really tough to lose a game you were up three touchdowns from. you know, And then you start running the ball. See, you don't run to set up the pass. You pass to set up the run. And that's what the good teams do. Get a big lead, start running the ball. Get a big lead, start running the ball. So uh, the difference of philosophy uh, between Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson is Cliff Kingsbury goes in and goes, we're going hot right out the gate. Here comes the hotness. And they're going to go hot the whole time. The other thing those teams have, I think that the Cardinals defense is terrible. They have really... No, no, it's, it's not a thought. That's a fact. So... I like Seattle's defense, and that's not very good. And I like uh, I, I like um, uh, Houston's defense better than I like Arizona. Arizona has better pieces, by the way. They have some really freaking good pieces in Arizona, but the rest is crap. Um, they just they just extended Buda Baker, their safety, uh, who doesn't have an interception. I'm pretty sure. So you know, just saying, sure, uh, upgrade him. Uh, but that's, the, you know, that's where I'm sitting. I go, give me the guy whose coach comes in with the new philosophy, the young philosophy of throw first, throw early, then late establish the run if you've got the game uh, put away over Deshaun Watson and um, who lost DeAndre Hopkins. And they basically just put six people around him and hope that one stays healthy. 
Uh, and then I just don't like the offensive philosophy with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson because Russell has everything in his ability to cook everyone alive. Um, but Pete Carroll just doesn't believe in it, which is why I like Chris Carson because the offensive weapons. But, you know, that's how I, I don't rank them. I understand the Russell Wilson thing in Seattle. You have a top three, in my opinion, a top three quarterback, and you don't use him like he's a top three quarterback. No. I, I just think it's stupid. I just think it's stupid. But so, you know, that's my problem with it. I take, I like what Murray, Murray finishes the seventh rank uh, quarterback last year in fantasy. Now two people above him, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson finished fourth and five. They're going to run the ball. Um, I'm not sure how much Murray's going to run, uh, but I think Murray takes a step forward with both Deshaun. I think Deshaun definitely takes a step back. Um, I'm not sure if Wilson does. There is some good upside in Wilson. If I, okay, so if the draft is on me, I'm going to flip this. If the draft is on me right now and I have either Wilson or Murray, I'm going to go Wilson. Okay. Uh, I agree with that. I like Russell Wilson a little more than I like Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson just doesn't have the weapons that, you know, the two other guys have. Although in real life, uh, I would put Deshaun Watson over Kyler Murray. Uh, for fantasy purposes, uh, I would go Wilson, Murray, and then Watson. Yep. Uh, and, so, and, all right, I got another group for you. Yep. Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. Hmm. And remember, fantasy. I, I know you hate Josh Allen, but fantasy. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'll give you my order while you think. Yeah. I'll give Matt Ryan the first spot. That offense is always great. They, they put up points. That's what I want out of my fantasy quarterback. I want the, the guy who's on the team that's going to put the most touchdowns on the board. Uh, you know, he's got Julio Jones. He's got Calvin Ridley. Uh, the, the backfield looks like it's going to be improved this year. They upgrade with Todd Gurley over Devontae Freeman. Uh, I got Matt Ryan first. That team has put up points for the last, I don't know, decade. <laughs> they put up points every single year. Uh, second, I would have to go with Josh Allen, and it's more linked to his ability to run. You know, Josh Allen does a lot of goal line stuff for them, and I do think he's going to run less this year, but I don't think that that goal line stuff is going to change unless Zach Moss turns into, you know, Frank Gore. Uh, and then last, I would go with Carson Wentz. I, do, I don't like the weapons in Philly. Carson Wentz injury history scares me. You know, if I, if I have Carson Wentz as my starting quarterback, I definitely need a guy like Drew Locke or, you yep. know, one of those young guys that you were mentioning earlier behind him because I just don't trust it as much with Wentz. So in fantasy production from 2019, what separates Josh Allen and Matt Ryan is 16 points. Um, in between them is Carson Wentz, who's separated by still 16 points or 15. It's very close. Um, Josh Allen, I think, takes a step back. I put both above Josh Allen. Carson Wentz's weapons will be better and healthy. Uh, Matt Ryan, I like Matt Ryan over both of them. Matt Ryan has a potential to have a, a challenging MVP season. Right, I agree with that. Last season, he, you know, Matt Ryan puts up numbers every year. Last year, he had a good year, and they had offensive line problems all year. Yep. I'm pretty sure their starting star center would miss the entire year, and they're getting him back. Yeah, and that's... Look, that's 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 where I want. I don't want. I'm not big on Allen. I think he's going to continue to drop. So, um, I just if you're going to continue to drop like that, I'm just going to be out on you. Uh, and and that's all there is to it for me. <laughs> I got, okay, okay. I got no point. Uh, next grouping for you. Yeah. This is a, a an older grouping. I want to see how you feel about the old guys. I'm going to give you four guys this time. Drew Brees, 
Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben. Uh, Brady, Breeze, I think, are going to get very similar stats. I think Brady and Breeze are going to be right up on each other. Brady and Breeze... Breeze's last, like, I want to say, like, eight seasons where he's been healthy, completely healthy. He hasn't finished lower than top ten, I don't think, a single time. Yeah, last year, Drew Brees in total... Well, let me do by average. Drew Brees, on the average games he started, finished... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Uh, with 20.85 points a game. Um, that is above Tom Brady, uh, who had 16.9 by a good bit. Who were the other two? You said Aaron Rodgers and... Uh, uh, Brady, Brees, Rodgers, Ben. Um, Ben... That's a good one. Uh, I like Rogers one, Drew two, Ben three, Brady four. Let me read you Drew Brees' fantasy finishes since 2009. I'm going to start with 2018, his last healthy season. Yeah. We have a, an eighth rank finish, a ninth rank finish, a third, six, six, two, one, two, six, two. Yeah. It's, you know, it's pretty consistent with Brees. I know he's 41 now, but. Anytime he's healthy, he's putting up numbers. Even last year, he, he played, what, half the season? Yeah. He still put up numbers in those games. Yeah, so I said eighth overall in terms of average, which is what I like to use to rank players. Um, ahead of him are no one on that list. Um, so, you know, I, I just – I like Drew Brees. I like what they're going to be able to do. I think he's going to lose more and more touches to Taysom Hill, uh, and that's going to be red zone touches. Uh, I think his arm strength is gone from the deep ball passing. Uh, Tom Brady's going to have a lot of options and a lot of weapons. I just don't know if it's going to run the same way. I'm not sure what I'm going to get there. Uh, Ben's also a huge fucking question mark. Just some perspective. There's not a wide receiver Ben's really played with on that staff. Uh, I like the upside of Pittsburgh, but Juju Smith-Schuster is the only wide receiver he's thrown to. The rest of them are all brand new. So that's why I kind of like uh, Chase Claypool. Um... But I put I put Rogers at one. I do, I do think Rogers Rogers, at one. Okay. uh, I I just really think Rogers could have a good year. This is the type of motivating year. My only problem with it is they just didn't give him shit in the offseason to help. If he just got help, he finished his quarterback ten last year in fantasy, with Wentz finished right above him. I just wish they had given him some help. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go Breeze one. Uh, Breeze 1, Brady 2, Rodgers 3, Ben 4. And that's like, if I had to pick him as quarterbacks right now to lead my team, I'd put Aaron Rodgers number 1. But fantasy, they just didn't give Rodgers any help. If Adams goes down, he has no one to throw to again. Uh, With Big Ben, he's coming off an arm injury and the upside. The upside's there. That's why I want to take him with other players with high upside, but also some pretty bad negative uh, and hope that they shimmy out. If I get Brady, I know I'm going to get two touchdowns a game pretty much. If I get Breeze, I'm going to be worried about Taysom Hill taking some of his red zone possessions where Drew Breeze does really well throwing the ball. Uh, But that's how I'd rank him right now. And, and I'm going to flip that around in my head a little bit because I may like Tom Brady over Breeze just from – because I don't know what the shit Taysom Hill's doing, man. I don't know why he's on that team. So <laughs> I don't get it either, man, and I don't get why they paid him so much money to be a gadget guy either. 
it's it's got to be because it's going to take more more snaps away. Like, and that's more red zone snaps. That's when you're going to use them when the field gets shorter. So, I I don't know. I it, could see a read option with him and Kamara being a little dangerous in the red zone. Yeah, like, very dangerous. If that's what dangerous. they're trying to do, then I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, and that's going to take away fantasy points. So, I don't know. That's where I'd have it. Okay, I got one more grouping for you, and this grouping is the I didn't want to draft a quarterback early. I waited till my last pick or my last two picks, or maybe I didn't draft one at all. This is that edition. Yeah. Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, Drew Locke. Drew Locke's my baby. <laughs> That's your guy? Drew, Drew Locke's my baby. Um, uh, I, I've got a lot. I think Drew Locke... I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I think Drew Locke storms into the season. I think that my my favorite play, there are two plays I love. Drew Locke to have the most passing yards in the NFL is 40 to 1. And I love it. I love it. And I really like um, the, everything about Drew Locke I fucking like. I watched his film. You know, I watched his film. I want to do a little bit on Drew Locke here. I watched his film, got drunk as I watched it, took a bunch of notes. What I didn't like, what I did like. I immediately then made a drunk bet for him to win the passing yardage at 40 to 1. And I went, I don't like doing that. I just kept getting drunk, kept getting exciting, rewatching his games over and over again. And I go, okay, what do I need to check out some Drew Locke? Oh my God. And then I, so I go, what are the things that suck about Drew Locke? And I go, well, the things that suck about Drew Locke are his offensive coordinator is a, was a huge pile of crap. And his offensive line in the interior of it from guards to center was miserable. I don't know how many times I had to watch Drew Locke hand the ball off on first and 10 to go two yards. And then in a second and eight, they run it again. And it's now third and seven. And Drew, they know Drew Locke is passing the ball. And he still completes, keeps his eyes downfield, rolls out of the pocket, and makes a great play. He made some bad passes. He was a rookie. but And he was a rookie that came in behind Joe Flacco, who the offense really wasn't designed for. Then, what did they do in the offseason? They draft interior. They bring in veterans. They get rid of their offensive coordinator. So they go new offensive coordinator, which was a problem for me. They go beef the interior of the lineup, which was my biggest problem. And now I look at someone who then adds, who they add? Uh, Ru- not Ruggs. Um, darn it. The middle one. Judy. They drafted Jared Judy they and add, they drafted KJ Hamler, a speed guy. They add weapons. So your, your quarterback got more weapons. And the things that hurt him, bad interior, bad play calling, you fixed both. I have Drew Locke going through the moon this year. Through the moon. I, anyone over Drew Locke out of these far-fetched players. I'm going Drew Locke. I think this guy is going to throw for over 4,500 4, yards. I think it's what he's going to throw for. Um, I, I think this is a team that plays in a division that's going to be playing giddy-up the whole time. The whole, division's, the whole division is designed to go deep. And they don't really have much of a secondary. The Chiefs don't have a ton of a secondary. The Raiders drafted offense. Look, the Chiefs drafted offense. The Raiders drafted offense. The The Chargers drafted offense. The Chargers have some good ba- secondary players. But that division, they're all going to play each other. And they're all geared up to throw the ball the whole game. So I think it's a division that you could easily get ahead on them and get some yards. And the biggest jump quarterbacks make is year one to year two. Drew Locke salivating. Salivating over Drew Locke. All right, let, let's stay with Drew Locke then. 
where would you put Drew Locke in in comparison to some other quarterbacks in fantasy production? Like, do you put him in the the Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray range this year, or is he hanging around with Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz in that range? He's going to have a little less touchdowns because Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. But if Judy pans out, his ceiling is a top top seven fantasy quarterback. And I mean, there could be, and it's mile high also, that ball travels. You, It's it's not going to be difficult for me to see games where Cortland Sutton, first of all, Cortland Sutton already did it. But you add another talented wide receiver and you continue to grow between Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton. Do not be surprised if Cortland Sutton goes for 212 yards and three touchdowns in a game, especially with their ability to run the ball and if they tighten things up. They're going to play the Raiders twice. This could be five touchdown games for Drew Locke. Just a, just a complete gunfight. Um, I am a little worried that the defense of Denver is, is, turns the corner and becomes really, really good, and they don't need to blitz people. Um, but that's my only concern now with Denver, is that their defense, which has a good pass rush, they add A.J. Bouye. This is a, they, they could have a really good defense, and that could stifle the amount of points that Drew Locke gets. But it won't, because, won't be because Drew Locke wasn't a good quarterback. Uh, I, think he, I think his ceiling is top seven. I do not believe he could ever challenge Lamar um, or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but that's where I have his ceiling. Yeah, that Drew Lock starts his ceiling or starts his ceiling. He starts his season Monday night against Tennessee. And now you got me thinking maybe I should be a little more nervous than I was before. They're my sleeper pick. Well, we'll get into that a little later, but the Denver Broncos are a sleeper pick for me. I believe they're a playoff team. I I don't see a reason why they wouldn't be. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. So All right, before we get out of here, any parting thoughts? Uh no. I think that if you can get Kyler Murray somewhere in the mid rounds, I think that he's someone that could give you high, you know, high value for your pick. I don't see Kyler Murray going in the in the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes range of the, you know, the third, fourth round. But I think Kyler Murray is someone you could get probably in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, and I think that he'd be value there. You know, I would be excited to grab Kyler Murray with my seventh round pick. But other than that, no, I'm I'm good. I have a draft on Sunday. Uh, I'm ready for it, and and I'm excited just to get football back and fantasy season back. It's a great time of year. Yep. Uh, just for some week one reference for you, uh, the Broncos did beat the Titans last year, um, sixteen thank, thank nothing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was that was pre that was pre Titans becoming the Titans, uh, but but it did happen. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, what I expect out of Drew Locke teams, a good example of that would be the Week 14 win against the Texans, 38-24. That's what I think that team's capable of from week in and week out. Uh, that's the team I expect to see more and more of. Um, and we'll see as the season goes, but I'm, I'm big on Drew Locke. Ah, okay, you can find us on Twitter. We have made our own Twitter account for this podcast, the Pick and Play podcast account. You can find me on Pick and Play 37. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll. We will be breaking down uh, upcoming news with NBA and NFL season as it approaches. As always, rate us, subscribe, review. Thank you for tuning in.